Man, last night, my wife and I, her hotness. Um, yeah, was hanging out with Stan and Linda last night, praying, and oh my gosh, how awesome is it to just spend time in the presence of God and just seeking God's face and and um, and and just going after it with all that you are, you know, whether you're on your hands and knees or pacing around like I do or or whatever it may be, just an awesome time, and I'm really expecting great things this morning because of just the phenomenal time in prayer that, that we had last night, and, and I'm just, worship was off the hook, and, uh, and <laughs> I just believe God's going to continue that here, so I'm going to start us out with prayer, and then we'll get into, into the word. Father, we come to you this morning, and we, we thank you, Lord, for what you've done so far. Father, we thank you for your word, and the changing power that resides in your word. And Father, just ask this morning, Lord, as, as I speak, that you would think through my mind and speak through my vocal cords this morning, God, that it would be all of you and none of me. Father, we pray that hearts are opened up and ready to receive, God, that true revelation and understanding comes to all of us this morning as, as we hear your word, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. <laughs> We're going to start in Jeremiah 29 and 11, and we're going to be talking about words shape your future. The idea of words that shape your future. And in Jeremiah 29 11, out of the NIV, and, and I usually don't use the NIV because it's the non-inspired version, <clears throat> but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry, Stan. <clears throat> so I, I'm just kidding. I, I use all of them. I'm just joking. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And that sounds really good out of the NIV, but I have this Bible that I carry with me, and it's called the Word on the Street Bible. And this, this, this is really cool. I want to read it to you out of this. It says, What do you think I've lost? The plans I drew up for your lives? Ask God that they've fallen down to the back of my desk or gotten snarled up in heaven's red tape? No, they're open on my desk, permanent. They're plans to do good, to do you good and not pull you down. Plans that'll be worth waiting for to see in 3D. And there is nothing better than 3D, so I'm told. God's plans for us are phenomenal. They are beyond what we could comprehend or think, I, I think. I, I think that if God showed us in the beginning what his plans were for us, I, we might just walk away and go, I'm done. But God doesn't operate that way. He's got a cool plan for us, and I want to get into the words today, the words that we speak, and how that's a part of his plan, and how that shapes our future. And so I want to start in John 1, 1 through 4. I think... <clears throat> I use a lot of scripture when I teach. Um, it's just the way I am. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that hath been made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And if you jump down to verse 14, and it's not up there, but it says, Jesus was the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. So I want to put all this together because this is really our starting point. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then we found in verse 14 that Jesus was the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus is the Word. In the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that hath been made. Everything on this earth, everything that you see, including yourself, everything that you can touch was made by God. And it was not only made by God, it was made by God speaking it into existence. When we go back and we look at Genesis, in the beginning, God spoke and the earth was created. God spoke and animals were created. God spoke and light and darkness was created and not necessarily in that order. That's why he's God and I'm not. But God speaks and things create God's voice and God's word is the creative force that creates all that we see, all that's around us, and, and, and all that we are. God established it from the beginning. He made it. He established it from the beginning. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the Bible says. He established it this way in the beginning, and it's no different than it is now. God's word is a creative force. When God's word is spoke, things are created. Okay? Things happen and they're created. And some people might say, well, what about the bar down the street? Did God create that? Well, he created the things that are probably in it, but the difference between God and Satan is this. God creates, Satan distorts. So God creates things such as amazing, phenomenal worship to him. And Satan will come along and he'll distort it. Satan's the father of lies. Satan doesn't create anything except for confusion and deceit and lies. He's the father of lies. Now that doesn't mean that he's the tough guy that we got to be afraid of because we got the power of Jesus inside of us. The blood of Jesus has conquered that dude already. There's nothing he can do to knock us down unless we let him. I'm going to jump over to Hebrews 1, 3 through 4. Now, it's not up there. I better put my glasses on. Hebrews 1, verse 3 says this. Who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Right here, he says this. He says, upholding all things by the word of his power. You see, not only does God's word create... But God's word keeps everything in balance. God's word keeps everything where it needs to be. God's word is holding, literally holding the universe in place. God's word is so powerful that it not only creates, but it keeps things in position. And I don't know if you know how awesome that is because the Bible says... If it has, I don't know if anybody's ever been on the ocean. You know, I was in the Navy, and uh, um, it, it is the best branch, by the way. Um, <laughs> I was in the Navy and floated all over the place on the ocean. 
And we would be in the middle of nowhere for days and days on end. And all you could see was water. And that doesn't mention how deep the water is when you're out there. I mean, there's some serious depths to that. And, um, you know, if you fall off the ship, you're not going to, you know, stand up. I guess unless you're walking in a serious anointing. And the power of God's on you and you just walk on the water. But it's deep. There's a lot of water out there. The Bible says that God weighed the water in the palm of his hand. Think about that. Think about the universe. It's said that if you count, the scientists say that if you counted all the stars and, and you know, in other galaxies and whatever, all the stars that they think there are, it counts more than the sands on the beaches in this world. Think of every little piece of sand and how many there are on the beaches. The universe is that big. The Bible says God measured the universe from here to here, the span of his hand. He measured it. Pretty amazing. God said he weighed all of the dirt. I mean, I don't know about you, but about three shovelfuls, and I'm tired. <laughs> he weighed all of the dirt in a measure. Think about how awesome and amazing the God that we serve is. His word creates. His word holds everything in place that he created. And he's so awesome and powerful that he can measure and weigh the earth and the universe like he did. And the Bible says that he knows each and every one of us. He's got the hairs on your head counted, the Bible says. Every single hair. For some of us, that's more than others. But he's got every hair counted. He knows every little thing about you. He knows every problem and situation that you might be going through. He's there with you. We just got to reach out and grab hold of him. God is there for us. Even though God has is so amazing and created all this stuff and there's so many thousands and millions of people. God knows you individually. And he deals with us individually. He's a personal God. That brings us to number one. God's word creates. Okay? God's word creates. Look at the person next to you and say, God's word creates. Ha <laughs> ha. We're going to jump to Isaiah 55.9. 55.9 says this. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God's thoughts. I mean, he knows everything. He knows everything there is to know. He knows good. He knows, he knows what evil's all about. And when God thinks, he thinks on a plane up here. I think down here, and he's up here. God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. God's ways are higher than my ways. God knows the best way. God knows the right way. And if we follow that way, we're going to come out all right. Look at Isaac and Ishmael. You go back, and I was thinking about it this morning. God came to Abraham and Sarah and said, 
you know, you're going to have a son. And that son's going to be the son of promise. Through him, the nations are going are to come. He's going to be the child of promise. Abraham is like, you know, whatever. Sarah's barren. Sarah can't. She's beyond years of having children. Sarah can't do that. And Sarah's in the tent laughing, saying whatever. You know, whatever. (laughs) So Sarah and Abraham get together and they decide they're going to figure this thing out. God doesn't really know what he's doing because I'm barren. So we're going to we're going to go over here and we're going to make it happen. So Sarah gives, gives Abraham his, uh, her maid, Hagar, and says, you know, get with Hagar and then we're going to have the child of promise. And out comes Ishmael. And because of Abraham and Sarah trying to create God's plan, trying to create what they feel God needs to be doing, we're paying for it today. We are paying for today. Religions have come out of Ishmael that are costing us dearly today. Things have happened out of that that are costing us dearly today. God is the only one that can put the super on the natural and make it the supernatural. God's the only one that can do it. And God showed him. Sarah, Sarah had a child. God showed him. I don't know how many times, (laughs) my wife can probably tell me, but I don't know how many times I have heard from God and have jumped the gun and made it happen. How many times? (laughs) A lot. And every time that I do that, you know, some cool things happen or whatever, but God's true blessing isn't on there. The Bible says there is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God, right? Right? And oftentimes when I do that, I'm probably operating either in the good or the acceptable. I'm not operating in the perfect will of God because only God knows the perfect will of God. And I mess things up all the time. You know, like when I'm driving. And uh, this morning even, I'm driving. I'm minding my own business, driving down the road, and someone pulls out in front of me. The nerve. (laughs) Can you believe that? You know, I know, I know that, that I'd called ahead and said, clear the road. And someone pulls ahead of me. And people do this all the time. They pull out in front of me, and you'll see me. I'm waving my hands, and I'm yelling at them. And, right, huh? I'm yelling. <laughs> She's shaking her head, putting a bag on it. Don't, don't. <laughs> Having my little fit of carnality. Because I'm not walking in God's ways. See, God walks in love, and he walks in patience, and he knows that his perfect will is going to just hang on, just hang on. His perfect will is coming through. You know, he didn't, he didn't call us to lay in the ashes. He called us to rise up. He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll feel no evil. He didn't say, I'm going to stay in the valley of the shadow of death. He said, I'm walking through, man. I'm going to the other side. Mm. God is good. God is good. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Number two is this. God's way is best or is the best way. I came up short in my notes. God's way is the best way. Let's jump to 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 16. And I'm going somewhere, so hang with me. 
And I'm sorry this is so small. Um, I have a little bit of scripture to give you, and, and it just, I'm sorry. <laughs> First Corinthians 2, 9 through 16 says this. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God, every time you see a but before God, you've got to stand at attention. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except for the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except for the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Wow. I don't understand. Pastor, I don't understand why you spent time in prayer last night. Why? This is why. So that my spirit can get connected with the spirit of God and know the things of God. And I can walk those things out. How many remember, I, I taught a few, several weeks back, and I taught on the spirit soul, body, spirit, soul, and body, right? And I taught on the mind, all right? The mind was, was kind of the neutral part there, wandering around. What do I do? What do I do? I think that was Patrick, right? <laughs> so the mind is being pulled by the flesh. What do I do? What do I do? And he's being drawn here and there and this way and that way. But the mind should be drawn... By the Spirit of God. See, we get born again and the Spirit of God comes inside of us. Our spirit's reborn. We're connected with God. Bam, that hookup happens and we're hearing from God. We're hearing the voice of God and we're connected. God, I get it. I get it. I hear you. And I'm going to walk that out. I'm going to walk that out. Spirit to spirit. Verse 13. These things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that we may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ, if God dwells inside of you. Man, look at somebody say, you got the mind of Christ. Come on. People, I want you to see this. It's just exploding in my spirit. I want you to see this. We have the ability to walk in the perfect will of God every day. We have the ability to walk in the perfect will of God because of our connection spirit to spirit, we have access to the mind of God, which fills our mind with the things of God and gives us the right answers. The power of God flowing through us, walking out God's perfect will. Now, I haven't got to the words yet. We're getting there. But I want to emphasize this. It doesn't matter what's going on. I don't care if you've got a test in college or if you're in a situation you don't know the answer. I'm telling you, we have access 
to the mind of God. And we can get connected, and our mind can get in tune and in line with the, with the mind of God, and we can walk this thing out and have the right answers. Mm. Number three is this. We've got to be a people. I've got to be a person that's spirit-led or led by the Spirit of God. I don't know about you. I'm tired of messing things up. I'm tired of making it happen on my own. I have got to get connected and walk in the perfect will of God. I, I just have to. It's, I just got to. It's the best thing. James 3, 1 through 10. And again, more long verses, but I like them. And that's not supposed to be in red. Um, I copied it over wrong, so don't think that was Jesus talking. Well, it kind of was, but you know. James 3, 1 through 10. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in our horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at the ships. Although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude or image of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not be so. When I was reading this scripture, I was thinking of Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. Luke chapter 1. What happened to Zacharias? Gabriel comes to him and he says, he says, Zacharias, he says, there's going to be a son born to you and Elizabeth. And of course, Elizabeth can't have children. And Zacharias is like, whatever. <laughs> now, you've got to remember that Zacharias is a Levite priest and he goes into the, it was his time to go into the temple and offer up the prayers and, and do what he did in the temple. So Gabriel comes to him and he says, this is what's going to happen. And he says, Gabriel, in order for me to believe this, show me something. I mean, give me a little something. And Gabriel says, yeah, I'll give you something. I'm going to shut your mouth. I'm going to make you mute. <laughs> Careful what you ask for. It wasn't until later, after John was born, and they asked Elizabeth, what's your child's name going to be? She says, John. They went to Zachariah because, you know, you usually name him after somebody in your family. And this was a bit odd. And Zacharias grabbed a piece of paper, wrote down, he says, it's going to be John. And instantly, 
Zacharias' mouth was loosed. And he started praising and rejoicing before God, and then he, he prophesied. And I'm not going to get into the prophecy, which is pretty cool, but then he prophesied. Where am I going with this? I firmly believe that if Gabriel wouldn't have shut Zacharias' mouth, Zacharias was going to start speaking doubt and unbelief and f- allowing fear to come in and just put the, you know, put the clamps on this thing. The difference between Zachariah and Mary was Mary said, yeah, let it, bring it on. Let it be as you said. Life and death, blessing and cursing are in the power of the tongue. When we go back into the Old Testament, how much time do I have? When we go back into the Old Testament, one of the things that we see, and it's really cool, and I kind of mentioned it a little bit, because Zacharias was one of those Levites. There were priests, Aaron, Aaron and his brothers, and then under them were the Levites, who were separated or divided out. And those Levites would take their turns by, by lot and would go into the temple and they would, you know, offer up the prayers and, and, and talk to God and, and do all those things for the people. In the Old Testament, they had to go to a priest in order to get that communication, okay? In the New Testament, the Bible says, you're a royal priesthood. You're kings and priests, now we don't have to go to the priest anymore. We go straight to God ourselves. We're walking in the priesthood. The words that we say are powerful. The priests would prophesy. We are called to prophesy. When I say that, I mean speak the word of God. How do I know what the word of God is? Well, there's, I don't know how many pages... You know, dust it off, full of it, full of it, literally thousands and thousands of words from our God. We are called as people to speak the word of God. What happens when we speak the word of God? Things are created. That's right. Things are created, whether they be good things or bad things. I want to challenge you this morning. As I'm challenging myself, because God's really been working on me on this. To Let's be a people of purpose. Let's be a people who are purposeful in what we say. Instead of going into my prayer closet and saying, God... I'm believing for healing on my leg or whatever it is. According to your word, by Jesus' stripes, I've been made whole. Um, Doing that and then stepping outside and the first person comes up to you and says, how's your leg doing? Yeah. It's not doing very well. I don't know. It's not really working. I just went into my prayer closet. I sowed some seed and, and I spoke the word of God over my leg and then I walked out of the prayer closet and I killed it. I dug it back up. I dug the seed up. Or be a people who speaks God's word over each and every one of us. Through the love of God. Brother, you're looking a little down today. Let me pray with you. 
I believe God's going to do something mighty in you today. Al, you were on my mind for this, brother. We start speaking the word of God over your body. And we start believing it. And we start standing firm on it. And we don't speak anything against what God said. Because God is not a man that he should lie. When God says, by his stripes you're healed, now you are healed. Sometimes it takes us just a little while for this stuff to come about. Because God's working on us and God's working through us. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. We speak it, we hear it. We speak it, we hear it. We speak it, we hear it. We're prophesying the word of God, we're hearing it. Grab hold of the word. Grab hold of what God says. I want to jump back to Jeremiah 29, 11. Which says this, as I said in the beginning. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. When stuff is going bad, God's right there beside you. Speak the word of God. Prophesy over those situations the word of God. Speak into them and watch as God's creative force, as his word goes forth, creates victory in those areas of your life. Watch it. It works. It works. It works. My wife and I, when we give, tithing is one of the covenant connectors, and I don't want to get into that. But when we give, we give out of purpose. And we speak God's word out of that gift. Because we want that gift to go see people transform. You know, and and God's blessings to come back so that we can continue to bless more. So my challenge to you this morning is get in God's word. Get God's word in your heart and speak God's word out of those situations. If it's something that's not of God, don't speak it. Speak God's word because God's not a liar. Amen? Amen. I think we're, uh, if I could have everybody bow your heads. I I was going to take the offering, but I want to do this. I never miss an opportunity to do this. If there's anybody in this place that has never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Don't wait any longer. The power of God needs to work in your life. And you need to get that spirit connected to God's spirit so that you can hear the voice of God and walk in wisdom and walk these things out. If there is anybody in this place that has never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, will you look at me and raise your hand? Never give up an opportunity to do this. Maybe you walked away from God, and you just haven't been hanging out with God lately, and you just need someone to pray with you for a refreshing. God, fill me fresh.